It's the breakdown you need in your life. It's time for Ed and Sean. It's the professional and professionalism that is known as Geeksters. And welcome to episode 179, part one of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome to the program. Yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of an average week this week. Um, you know, we do have a guest. Yes. Would you like to? Uh, Carl from the Film Club. All right. He, uh, he that has a lot of knowledge about film and, uh, or a, a fan, I could say, you know, easily. The, I would say he's a cinephile. Yes. Definitely a cinephile. So, he uh, knows his shit. So we, we decided to discuss movies with him and uh, for the first hour. Yeah, we brought him in to talk about the, um, the top five box office. We discussed a little bit of the new uh, Ghostbusters trailer, which I still f- don't find funny. Like, I just <laughs> don't. But... <laughs> And you'll hear my take on it, and you'll hear everyone's take on it. So, uh, yeah, you know, and we also find out what was the number one movie in the box office this week. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, we catch up on everyone's week. I mean, there, there's the rundown, folks. So, I'm um, just gonna leave it there and stop babbling. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome to Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. Like that? The professionals of yeah. I was about to say when you said professional, I'm like, wait, 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 and then you correct, and I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, I know exactly where we are. <laughs> I know exactly what we are, Ed. We're unprofessional boobs. That's right. So, uh, hi everybody. How's everybody's week going? Sorry. Anyway, how was your week? I gotta be honest. Somewhat uneventful. I did. I okay. I think last week we talked about Far Cry Primal. Yes. And I finished the game. Hundred percent of it. This this over the week. All right. I hunkered down. Got my spears. I got my saber tooth tiger. And we went, we went around, and we're just jumping up and down, like yeah. So I finished it. I wanted to get it done. I really did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I earlier you. Yeah, were, I'm like I'm going because going deaf. I'm like yeah. I'm like, so see, uh, see, that's exactly how. For those people, you folks, a little behind the scenes, we we have a call in in about ten fifteen minutes, and we wanted to make sure that it worked. But when our guest called in, Ed's was blaring through my headphones so I turned him down but I didn't little did I know that I turned his his ear his headset down instead of my own then I overcompensated when I put yours back so <laughs> he was like oh my god Ed is now deaf yes oh my name is Ed <laughs> I even lost the ability to speak <laughs> so uh yeah I mean I finished from Far Cry Primal which I'm proud of I mean not only did I finish it 100% it got the platinum uh, you know, trophies, I was like, yeah, I felt, again, one of those things, I have a very meager, boring life, so <laughs> when I get to finish a game like that, I always feel like I accomplished something in life. It's like, hey, I'll never write the best-selling novel, I'll never win an Oscar, I'll never even win an Emmy, I won't even win a Pulitzer, you know, but you know what? But you know what, you got it, you, you, that's kind of some truth to it, because how many people who've played Far Cry Primal can say they completed the game? No, there might be hundreds out there. Sure. But about how many, t- how many people sold, bought, bought the title? You know, like, like you're talking like the millions probably at this right. point, you know, who bought the game. Not many of those millions are going to finish it. So you're probably going to be like in the, like maybe a thousand or something like that's that. That's possible. Well, I think about the new trophy system for PlayStation, it does kind of tell you how rare that, that trophy is. So like when I got the trophy for getting 10 people in traps and it was like, oh, it's an ultra rare trophy because only like 0.6% of the people who have the game on PS4 actually have this trophy. I'm like, that's right. I'm elite, yo. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, and there's like, hey, you finished this. There's there's common ones where like as long as you play the game, they're, they're the ones that kind of unlock as you progress through the storyline. Yeah. Those are kind of the common ones. But you can kind of tell how popular a game is when you start to get to like, hey, I finished chapter six, and it's still considered a rare uh, trophy. I'm going, ooh, a lot of people probably didn't finish this game. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, like I said, I feel like I accomplished something. So there's a little swell of pride going, that's right. I am the king of, king of, the, king of my castle. Yeah. And then uh, um, also, too, I wanted to make sure I could beat it out because this, this Tuesday is uh, um, a game coming out that I pre-ordered that I can't wait to play. So... 
We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Okay. In, All we, right. We do new releases. Sounds good. I'm sure anybody who listens to our show knows exactly what it is, so it's not that big of a surprise. But for those people who are new to the show and like, "Ooh, what is it?" Well, you're, now you're gonna have to wait, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. All right. Oh, what the fuckers? <laughs> yes. And would it be a show without me dropping at least one? That's right. You know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, other than that, nothing really spectacular happened. So, uh, what about you? Wow. Well, I had a, I had a pretty bad weekend, actually. It was, uh, uh, I, I got sick, uh, pretty badly. I won't get into <clears throat> too many gory details, uh, of what happened to me, but, uh, let's just say that, uh, both ends were, were shooting out liquid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> So uh, I think I'd like a food. I thought you looked thinner. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, th- I think I've, I had food poisoning. I think the, the pizza that I had on Friday night was undercooked. So. Well. Or it was, well, something might have been bad on it. Well, was there anything on the pizza? No, just plain. Just cheese and meat and sauce and a, and a crust. Yeah, okay. There might have been a, a chance that, you know, frozen frozen dough. And comes in there going, it's dough, it's cheese, it's sauce. There's not much to it, right? Yeah, not much could, to it. I'm going, if you had pepperoni, maybe the pepperoni went bad, but it was just plain. Well, maybe the sauce was out too long. It was, you know, it wasn't refrigerated. Or, you well, know, yeah, the cheese could have been sitting out all day, right. so it could have gotten a little hot and you yeah. could have gotten a little something, something a little bu- bu- little bacteria, yeah. So, right. uh, so then, then uh, of course, I did watch the C series finale of uh, of Mythbusters, and that was kind of sad. I mean, and we mean the, the, the final show was funny because they just blew stuff up that's all they oh, yeah. did like they didn't do any myths they just like we're going to blow up an rv or we're going to blow up a cement truck and it was great but then the reunion show that was a bit of a tearjerker to watch <laughs> just because you know like you know it's like it's been 14 years and i don't know what we're gonna do after this and like now we're unemployed <laughs> I, I mean like it's funny i i love the show i wasn't a faithful watcher of the show but it, there is something kind of sad about it not being around. It, it was kind of like the comfort food of television for me. It was like, hey, there's not Mythbusters on. What's going on? With yeah, the gang? you can always watch a repeat episode and not yeah. like feel like, oh, if I miss one, it's not, yeah, like the, horrible. Uh, like yesterday, because they were leading up to the, the the series finale, I guess they were doing past episodes that kind of like a, a marathon, and I saw. Um, the one that there was like the viewer mail where they did the Mighty Python Paradox one yeah. with the game show. And I was like fascinated with that one. For those people who don't know, Mighty Python was a show that lets make a deal and he would bring a person up to to talk to him and he's like, okay, you got three doors. Pick a door. And you go, okay. I'd, p- I'd pick a door. Door three. Okay. So then what Monty Hall would do is have somebody open up door one or two. Well, just for sake of argument, say one. Right. Opens up door number one and you see there's nothing in there. So now... You're sitting there going, okay, Ed, the prize is behind one of these two doors. It's either door number two or door number three. Do you want to stick with your original door or do you want to switch to door number two? Now, the the paradox is that most people most people stick with their original, original door. door. Yeah. But the paradox is, is that if you switch doors, you have a better percentage chance of actually winning than you do if you stick with your original one. Because people still think that... You, because we have a one in three odds, mm. and when you take away one and do, one and two, you take away one door. You still think you have a fifty fifty shot? No, you still don't. You still have a two thirds odd of actually winning if you between those other two doors right. than yours. But most people, for whatever reason, psychologically stick with their because it's a gut feeling or the door's purple, whatever the reason is. Yeah. So um, the two of them actually kind of had this um, control. You know, where people come in and they asked and. How many people? Like they had twenty people. All twenty people like stuck with the same door, and some won, some lost, and it was they were fascinated. But then Jamie and uh, Adam did their own experiment about like with a percentage of, um, Jamie, Jamie's the the one with the big beard. Yes. Okay. He stuck with his door all the time, and Adam was one who always had to switch. Mm-hmm. Out of thirty possible outcomes, Jamie only won like seven times. Where Adam, like one was like he was like, constantly winning. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a perfect run, but right. he was like, I won seven times in a row, or I won three times in a row. Like he won more than he lost just by switching. So the moral of this one was like, if you get the opportunity and someone's doing the three doors, always change because your odds are better of you actually winning than if you stuck with your door. Yeah, that was fascinating. I was like, I need to get on a game show. It's awesome, right? But I mean, I, but I'm watching them. Just kind of, I made sure I taped the MacGyver one, the Star Wars one. 
the final one and the one after. I haven't gotten around to watching. Right, right. Now, of course, they on Science Channel tonight. They're actually doing another episode. There's a there was an extra episode that they put together for like it's oh, yeah. you know it's about duct tape. Yeah, so uh, I know they did a lot of duct tape episodes. They're always fascinating. But for me, it was always watching it like. You know, it'd be like late or whatever, and I'd come home or and watch TV, and then you'd see Mythbusters, so you'd watch it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's 1 o'clock, I'm getting tired. And then, of course, they tell you what's going to be on the show, and you're like, now I'm going to now I'm have to like, watch it. Yes, like, and this episode is... is James Bond's ejector seat. Does it really work? I got to find out. I got to find out. <laughs> uh, does, you know, does strapping a, uh, we call it, shotgun show to a stick and stabbing somebody with it, does it really work? Yeah. Fuck, I need I to know. know right? Like, oh, man. <laughs> Stuff I need to know. I, I gotta need, find out. If I'm ever stuck in a wildlife situation where I have a sharp stick and a shotgun shell for some reason, let me attach the two yeah. of them to make a bang stick. Spoiler, doesn't work. Yeah. And again, they brought up the same argument I did as I'm watching. It's going, you have a really sharp stick. Why do you need the shotgun shell yeah. attached to it? You just stab them with the sharp stick. Like, <laughs> didn't make mom like, because they were using the, the, from the story, the movie The Gray. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, a bunch of wolves. And they, I was like, you guys have sharp sticks. Why don't you stab them? Like, fucking idiot. <laughs> it adds to the story. It's a, it's a build. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's sad to see it go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, 14 years is a good run for any cable show, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, anything else there going on, Ed? No, no, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, oh, okay. All right, well, you know what? What do you say we just jump right into it? Why don't you text our buddy and let him have him call in while you get the, the what do you call it, the top five box office? Top five box office? Because I do, I do want to find out what's sitting at the top five. And I also do have a near miss of a story okay. that we can share. Oh. oh, look, you must be listening. Yep. All right. You're on Geeksters. Hey, guys. Hey, Carl. How you doing? Oh, well, okay, Ed. I'm going to be honest, Ed. This is, this is your part of the show, so why don't you lead us through? Well, this is Carl from the Film Club Movie Show. Uh, it's a uh, YouTube show that they put on weekly, is it, Carl? It's bi-weekly right bi-weekly. now. Bi-weekly. Oh, we're, twice. Uh, we're looking to start doing more pretty soon. Okay, good, good. Um, they, you know, they have their own channel, and they uh, they have some, you know, it's what they talk about movies, uh Every time I watch your show, I I I feel kind of uh, uh, a little scared bringing you on because you know so much about movies. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a great report to watch, and uh, you know, guys, check it out. And uh, there's also you, I like the rapid uh, review that you guys do. Uh, you know, where, where you guys come out of the movie and you you on, give your initial response like right away. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's 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 something brand new that we just started doing. Uh, we, that, that's exactly right. As soon as we get out of the sometimes before we even walk out of the theater doors. Oh, I wow. usually get into the car before I do mine, but some, sometimes, you know, Stephen, he's the producer of the show. Sometimes he'll do his right there in the theater lobby. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, that's something we're really excited about doing. It's getting more and more fun all the time. So how long have you guys been doing the show? This is Sean, by the way. Hey, Sean. Hey. So how long? Sorry, you, what was your question? How long have you guys been doing the, the show? Actually, we just started the show um, in July of last year. We are on only on episode. Uh, this next episode will be episode seventeen. Wow! Of the uh, of the show. Nice. And so, what made you decide to go video? Well, actually, I don't know. Um, the film club movie show was actually born of film club itself. And I, and I realized that sounds like a general title to a film club, just mm-hmm. to be called film club. But um, it started actually as a Facebook group. And it was just me and a buddy of mine, and we just kind of thought that people, you know, we, we love to talk about movies with each other, and we were looking for more and more people that did. And so we just started a Facebook group, called it Film Club, and we are, I believe we are at 29,950. 50 people right now that have joined the club. Wow. So it's just exploded in popularity. We believe it to be, you know, the greatest Facebook group, you know, <laughs> especially dedicated to talking about movies that, that you're going to find. That's great. Um, but that's where the show came from. Uh, Steven, the producer, he came to me about a year ago with an idea. He said, you know, we, we need to do a show that, that captures the essence of the club itself. 
and that's exactly what it is. So you know, the, the whole the whole thing is just dedicated to talking about movies as much as we can, and it's a lot of fun. Okay, so then how did you fare with the Oscars last week? How, what did I think about them? Yeah, I was I, I was pretty excited. I was I was uh, I was excited for Leo, of course, and uh, you know I knew there, there were certain ones that were given, like Lubeski winning the uh, the cinematography award. I was a little bit surprised at how I was a little bit surprised at how many things uh, Mad Max was able to sweep. You know, they really. I remember they were doing them. I think three awards and then cut to a commercial. I remember one, all three awards went to Mad Max. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife looked at me and she's like, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> she got tired of hearing that Mad Max won another award. What? Well, so, well, uh, but overall, you know, I, I agreed with so many of the choices. Um, it, it, even Best Picture. You know, I, when I saw um, when I saw uh, Spotlight in the theater. I turned around to an older couple that was sitting behind me. I was like, I believe we just watched the uh, the best picture of the year. Wow. And then to, to have them go out and win it, I was really, I was surprised, and it, and it felt good that I was right when I said that. Well, that I mean, I always feel that way, too. Like, um, my question is, like, since the, whatever, let me ask you guys then, um, you have such a big category for best picture. Why do you think mm-hmm. they have it so small for best director? Because back in the day, it used to be if you won Best Director, chances are you won Best Picture. You won Best Picture. But like now... Yeah, I mean, they, they keep it to five. You know, they keep it to five. They've kept every category to five, I believe, other than Best Picture. And, they, they you know, they expanded to ten, but they rarely ever even nominate ten pictures, which I think is a mistake. Yeah. Um, I think that they need to nominate. Um, I don't mind keeping it to five. I think you can definitely find the five best of any given year. And, of course, there's going to be people that disagree. The snub, you know, Ridley Scott was a big director snub for this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people thought he should have been nominated for The Martian. But, um, but no, I, I, I'm fine with five, personally. I, I agree with it. All right. Because um, Ed and I usually, every year, we usually do what's called like the Oscar pool, where we just kind of mm-hmm. take a, a friendly bet. More, it's more like just rubbing each other's nose into it. <laughs> and I just tallied up what we got. Ed, why don't you tell us how many you got? Eight. You got eight out of the top. I mean, how many categories? There? I have no idea how many I categories there were this year. I got 20, 10. 25, I think. 25? 25. Wow, that's pretty bad. Oh, wow. I got less than half. <laughs> now, Carl, the... I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I could be wrong about that number. I feel like it's about 25. Well, speaking of the Oscars, though, I mean, when you hear what's going to be nominated for Best Picture or... Uh, did you then go and look for those films out in the theaters to see them? Or is it more like, I'm going to see this movie anyway, and it just so happens it's, going, it's nominated for Best Picture? Is, is that just that, that, that difference? Or is it like you find out, oh, here's the Best Picture. I'm going to go out. One of the Best Pictures, i got to go out and see it and see how, how, if, if it's worthy of, of the Academy's uh, nomination. Sure. I think to a certain degree that that, that is the case. Um Sometimes the, the films that are nominated, I mean, I love movies. I love all different types of movies, and, I, and I'm willing to give them a chance. I'm, some of them uh, I didn't find myself on. Like when Carolyn Brooklyn got nominated this year, um, Brooklyn never really caught my attention. Uh, I was My radar is always on, you know, for stuff like that, but it just never caught my attention. So, no, it did not make me want to rush out to the theater to see that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think I do try to get in every one of the nominees before the show. Okay. Unless it's something that I just, I'm sure that it's not going to grab me. And I'll go see it if I have time. But, you know, as you get older, you know, you get less and less free time. Yeah. And I find myself being a little more selective with what I go and see. Okay. In the theater. Okay. So, uh, all right. So, you know, what did you think of the Fantastic Four? <laughs> uh, the worst movie of the year. Yes, uh, thought it was pretty, uh, pretty terrible. Personally, uh, I, didn't, I didn't like. I didn't appreciate any of the actors in it, and I like these guys. You know, I like, uh, I like Miles uh, Teller a lot. You know, from Whiplash last year. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. great was one in of that my movie. Movie, but um, it was just a mess. Personally, I mean, it was just a, a mess of a movie. They didn't. It didn't seem like they they knew exactly where they wanted to go with, with the story, and they. You know, casting, I didn't have a problem with the casting. You know, there was a big argument about, you know, when they cast Michael B. Jordan as, as um, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Johnny Storm. But his, he's, uh, obviously he's a black guy, and his sister, Sue Storm, 
was played by um, Kate Mara, mm-hmm. who's a white girl, and it and it didn't make sense. And you can't really it, it, film discussion is difficult. That's what the film club page is all about: is film discussion. And it's kind of hard to relay that concern without people automatically thinking it's like a race thing, you know. Well, I mean, but, um, but you know, I felt like I didn't care that Michael B. Jordan was cast. I found it kind of I found it funny or odd that you know, like my thing was okay. How are they going to explain the brother sister connection? And obviously, she was adopted. But mm-hmm. I, it wasn't until recently that I realized how our country is about certain certain adoption things. That mm-hmm. it was more feasible for an, an African American couple to adopt a. Because I think she's from, um, I think she was from Ukraine, and, mm-hmm. and the character was from Ukraine. It was easier to accept uh, them adopting a white Ukrainian girl than if it was an American white girl. Sure, I agree. You know, it was. It was, it was I found it a little, little bizarre. I think it was kind of a, a cop out kind of thing to do it that way. Um, they, it felt so forced. It did. That they did it that way because they wanted this to fit this agenda. Yeah, and got you know a black guy cast as um, I don't know why I'm for what is what is his name? I can't Michael remember. B. Jordan. Uh, his, Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm is Michael B. Jordan. Name. I don't know why I'm blanking on it. Yeah, that's all right. He's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, just call him Creed. Everyone goes. <laughs> that one I did really like. Creed, I really did like. I kind of was. I got to be honest. I was kind of disappointed that Sly didn't win the uh, Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. I, th- I personally was disappointed that Ruffalo didn't, but I can see Sly too. I see. I'm 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 the the nerdy. I was like Hollywood loves that kind of a story. Like here's a guy forty years ago who creates his character, and then mm-hmm. to be able to play, to be, they would love the story of the full circle. Like forty forty five years later, there he is to win an Oscar for the character that he actually won an Oscar for for writing back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. I was like Hollywood loves that kind of story. That that writes itself. But then they they snubbed him. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and you know, I, I do, I, I do. One thing I do uh, wish that the one reason I do wish he would have won the Oscar is for his speech, because I would have loved to have seen Sly get up there and give a speech accepting an Oscar when he won the he won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. Right. And while he was up there, he did something that I've never seen anybody do before. He, he thanked all of his people, and the last person he thanked was Rocky. Yeah, and I thought that was so awesome that he would thank the character that, for it, what it gave him over the years. Yeah, it gave him a career. You know, Absolutely, a, a yeah. huge one. It that. gave us. It gave all of us. Yes, it gave all of us so much because when you think about Rocky, Rocky is one of those series that somehow has 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 withstood three or four decades, and and it still. I mean, Creed isn't perfect. I actually think that Southpaw was a better boxing movie from from uh, oh, okay. two years ago or last year. But I, I I really did like Creed, but I appreciated it more than I liked it. Now I just want to get that character has just it's translated through four decades. It's amazing. I, I do have to warn you though, you are in Philadelphia turf, so you can't slam Rocky. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Actually, I like. Uh, which one do you like the best? I like the. I actually like number four the best. That's my favorite. Really, movie. the one where if I could change, you could change with the. I, I'm always kind of partial. <laughs> I'm partial to the three, with Mister T. Okay. Clubber Lang. Sure. Clubber Lang. Yeah, I mean, but I did like I in Balboa when he gives his speech to his son about how it's not about hard, how hard you can get hit. It's about hard. You can get hit and get back up again. Like that, 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 that little speech, great, you just, speech. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it to me is like one of the top 10 kind of moments of like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, you're right. It is. It's that, that's kind of a great metaphor for life. Absolutely. We actually did on one of the episodes about, I think it was episode 10. We did our, five favorite um, uh, movie uh, speeches in sports films, and that was one of the five. Oh, nice. That speech that he gave his son. And and because of, based on that speech, and most people disagree with me about this, is that he was nominated for Creed, but in my mind, I felt like he was better in uh, Balboa because of that speech. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Um, I, 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 I feel like with that. when I watched him do that, when he was doing that speech and he was speaking to his son and he was saying all these things about how hard you can get hit and you can still keep moving forward. You know, I'm thinking about a couple different things. One of them is that, first of all, 
his son is complaining about these things about his life. He's talking to Rocky, and Rocky Balboa is telling you it's not how hard you you can uh, you hit, but how hard you can get hit and get, keep going. Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing to hear from Rocky. Yeah. But I feel like he put every every ounce of his acting ability he put into that speech. Yeah, I I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. Now, um, usually at, at this moment, um, so like, who else is it? Just um, how many guys are on your show? Uh, we've got well, we've got three. Uh, me, myself, and uh, Stephen is the producer, and then the co-host is Joe Potts, and then we have a fourth chair at the desk, and we kind of rotate that out. We've got um, we've got a great crew. Uh, we've got Robert Jones and Julian Morgan and David Walters. They're all part of the regular film club movie show uh, crew. We rotate them out, but we also try to rotate in um, club members. Okay. Nice. Some club members that, that are local or anybody that's willing to travel. We actually, one of our administrators on the film club, on the film club page, uh, Lizzie Phoenix, she traveled all the way from the U.K., and she came out for our Halloween party, and then she was good enough to be on the show with us. Wow. So we rotate <laughs> that fourth chair out, and we try to get as much, we try to, you know, get, get as many different perspectives as we can with it and it, you know it's, it's just a great fun our, our next episode we're filming tomorrow episode 17 and that'll be the first time we're actually going to have every we're going to have all six of us on the show at once Maybe nice anything going to be on the show at once behind the can, desk we're gonna, we're hopefully can gonna you tease today, anything but, now for us we're going to do all viewer questions you know we've been taking uh, viewer okay over the past week we've just just like cataloging questions and we're just going to run through them just go through viewer questions for the whole episode it's going to be great that's nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. Now, normally, Ed gives us like what the top five of the box office were this week. I'm curious to see if okay. Deadpool's still sitting at number one. So let's 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 give Ed the spotlight here. Give us a countdown, Ed. All right, top five movies. Here we go, kids. Number five was the number two movie last week, Gods of Egypt. It made five million dollars over the weekend and twenty two point eight overall in two weeks in release, and it's got a hundred forty million dollar budget. First, I'm shocked that it, yeah. I, I'm first that shocked that it even gave, got as far as number two, <laughs> and for it to drop only down to number five, I I I don't know. I I just number two. I don't know. Understand what's the strength? What is it? The strength of it is based on what that. I remember the, when this trailer came out, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that looks god-awful. <laughs> I, I can't even believe that it made as much money as it did last week. Well, it's got, it's got Gerard Butler, so everyone still loves him from 300. Yeah. And it's got mm -hmm. um, uh, Jamie Lannister from um, Game, of, Game of Thrones, so you figure... Game of Thrones. You know, you got, he's riding the back of the Game of Thrones, so you figure everyone's going to go see that. Outside of that, I'm just like, there is nothing there that... That pulls me in to go see it. Not a thing. Yeah, I think that's. I'm not even I'm like. I'm not even renting it. I want to go to like Redbox and, and rent it that way, just for like a buck or something like that. <laughs> no, it is. It's not getting. As I understand it, it's getting. It's certified rotten or whatever they call it on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And nobody, nobody's enjoying it. They say the one redeeming quality it has is the uh, the CGI at times is, is nice looking. Okay, but you can just tell from the trailer it's way overboard, and everybody's mailing it in. You know, people are going there, like you said, based on Gerard Butler on the strength of three hundred, and they think maybe we're going to get a little bit of that. But um, I haven't seen it. I wish I had seen. It. I, I wanted to go see it so I could get an opinion on it. But as I understand it, you get none of that. Yeah. He mails it in. Jamie Lannister. I wish I knew his real name. I didn't have to call him Jamie You know what? Lannister. It but, is. But that's what everybody calls him, so that's okay. Yeah, because his but, name um, is yeah, almost unpronounceable. They mail it in big time. Yeah, Jamie Lannister's name, I think, is his real name is completely unpronounceable in my tongue. So I'm like, it's Jamie Lannister. Coster Wildo or something like that. I think exactly. If 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 of course if this this movie was really good and like it break box office records, everybody would n learn the new name like his actual name and be like yeah, I mean, trying to pronounce it. But I just need to hear one person pronouncing correctly. Yeah, and maybe I can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the number four movie was a new release: Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. It made seven point six million over the weekend, and that's where it's standing. Of course, with one week release, and it's thirty five million dollar budget. That's the um um. Tina Fey movie with Margot yeah. Robbie. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, Tina Fey, yeah. Okay, I gotta be. Yeah, that I, one looks great. If I was gonna see one, that would have probably been the one I saw this weekend. 
Okay. Um, I'm, I like Tina Fey. I'm not really usually, I'm not rushing out going, ooh, there's a new Tina Fey movie out. Let me go see that. Yeah. Um, you, <laughs> she's usually kind of reserved for like, hey, I got nothing else to do today. Let's go watch a movie. Oh, look, whiskey, you know, <laughs> Tina Fey's in a movie. Like, I'll, I'll watch that. I kind of, I'll be honest, got a little bit of a crush on her. Yeah. I always had, even back in her Saturday Night Live days, something about her I always found kind of sexy. I don't know what it is. So I'll be like, okay, I'll watch, you know, quietly in my room. You know? <laughs> yeah. The lights are dimmed. You yeah, know, there's... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, still to this day, I'm a big fan of Saturday Night Live. And they're, they're, we're rapidly losing the fan base here. But I'm still holding strong. <laughs> and those days when she was on it with uh, Amy Poehler and mm-hmm. – uh, I, I'm just blanking on who else was on it back then, but that, those were real good days for Saturday Night Live, and um, and she's translated into cinema. It's like you said, it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, I got to go see the Tina Fey movie. But I don't know if she really hurts any film that she's in. She's yeah, always no, definitely not. Enough, I feel like. All right, Ed, so what do you got there? At number three. Number three was the number one movie, Deadpool. It made sixteen point yeah, four million dollars right. over the week uh, weekend, and it's uh, three hundred and eleven point one overall in the four weeks in release with as, a fifty eight million dollar budget. As I like to call it, the game changer of all superhero movies. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, man, absolutely, and it deserves. It deserves absolutely everything that it's getting. It really should still be the number one movie, I feel like. I'm kind of surprised that it's not number one, really. Uh, well, I mean, you figure it's, what, two weeks in, three weeks in? Four. Four? Three. Yeah, it's, it's kind of started. And Is it four? Four already. That's what it says here. There was a couple of others. I know one movie I knew, like, I saw a headline that knocked, that had, like, a really big weekend, so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's number one. Okay. But Deadpool, to me, was almost a, a almost near-perfect superhero movie. It was everything. I, I, I agree. Everything it delivered. Everything you wanted in a Deadpool movie, you got. And it mm. was like, mm-hmm. you walked out going, "Geez, I could turn around and watch this thing right now again." Yeah, right now again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so definitely, man. Definitely, I agree completely, man. They, I, I said it right when I walked out of the theater. I was like, "Wow, I think I might have just seen my new favorite superhero movie ever." That's great. Yeah, my 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 favorite superhero movie has been The Dark Knight for a long, long time. All right, but you know this, like you said, this just gives us something that we've never, never really had before in a superhero movie. The only way that you can make this movie better is I was saying that when it comes out in Blu-ray, there should be Deadpool mm-hmm. doing an audio commentary about his movie. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and in character doing the audio, yeah. Yeah, that that, awesome. that to me would just be the perfect. Their, their marketing, their marketing for this film has oh. been amazing. To me. It, yeah, they've done things I've never seen. They're they're using the they're using the internet and the 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 community feel of the internet and the movie film movie discussion community and. You know they 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 had a uh, they had a billboard up in Los Angeles where it was a uh, it was emojis it said Deadpool and emojis yeah and it looked like you know because it had a skull and then it had that little pile of poop and then it had uh, an L mm-hmm. you know for Deadpool yeah it's great and just they they've done an amazing job marketing that movie if really only bad. that marketing team was hired for John Carter yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what's that really? <laughs> <laughs> well, because we, we the thing oh, is, if it was, yeah, if it was like they need, yeah. if I we when John Carter came out, we slammed the movie horribly. Yeah, not even seeing a, a frame other than the commercials. Right, like what the hell is it? I'm I'm a sucker for when it comes to Blu-rays and DVDs. Like if you got enough extra content on it, whether I hated the movie or not, I'll buy it because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. And I brought. John Carter and I brought it over to go see it, and we watched it, and it actually wasn't a half bad movie. Yeah, we both really enjoyed it, and it was kind of like, man, I feel bad that we slammed this on, on air over and over again because 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 of the marketing of it, and you know, we were right along with it, and it was like, wow, it was really pretty good. Yeah, like after it was over, I was like, geez, I kind of wish to make a sequel because I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just that there's just there's no way to get it done because I mean they spent so much money making that movie yeah. and then it was marketed so poorly that it didn't make any money back yeah and it, it certainly doesn't deserve i mean it's a good enough movie not to deserve what it's earned as the biggest flop of all time yeah. i believe if i'm not mistaken it's the biggest flop of all time probably and it doesn't deserve it because it's, it's a good enough movie for sure i agree with you guys so uh, what do you got coming in number two? Too? Number two is the new a new release. It's London Has Fallen. It's uh, $21.7 <gasps> over the weekend. 
And that's where it's uh, sitting with a $60 million budget. I gotta be honest, I was surprised they actually made a sequel. I It's the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen. Yes. I really like that movie. I mean, it's also kind of funny, kind of ironic. Gerard Butler is going against himself in the top five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really like. I wouldn't call it him going against himself. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really wanted to see this movie. And, and every Sunday, my dad and I usually go to the movies together. And this was going to be our movie of choice. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to go see this movie because there's other things out there. We go to the we go to the theater. We get in, I go to the kiosk to buy our tickets, and the theater that we go to has like selective seatings. Almost all the good seats were taken up. There was like a handful of seats really close to the screen, and I'm like, "There's no way!" I was shocked that this wow. movie was so packed. I I, I personally think it, it was the overflow because I think the number one movie it. What's the number one movie? Ed? Number one movie was Zootopia. It was a new release. It made seventy three point seven million over the weekend. Okay, so I think parents were taking their kids, dropping them off to go see Zootopia, while mommy and daddy go see London Has Fallen. And that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how I, I've always rationalized things. There was no way because like, I want I really do want to see Zootopia. I think it looks really good. It's one of those. Yeah, it is good. It's it's uh, is it by My Disney? Went and saw it. Yes. Yeah, they say it's actually the biggest. Um, it's the biggest release for um, for uh, Disney Animation. Really, I, I can it's see why. Six million is their highest uh, animation opening ever. I knew it was going to be huge. They've got a great cast in that movie, and you know it's apparently. Um, I wish. I really wish I had seen that one as well. But my guys from the show saw it, and they say that they balance the the child humor and the adult humor so well. That anybody that goes to see it, you know, you take your kids in there, you're going to have a good time too, just based on the the jokes that are geared more towards you, and then the kids are going to have a good time with it based on with the jokes that are geared towards them. Okay. And so, yeah, I have a feeling it's great. Yeah, I'm not surprised that it's set, set number one. You know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, might as well get it in before uh, in, you know. In two weeks, got Batman v Superman coming out, which is going to. Do pretty well. I'm going to say it's take it, over the, the the scoreboard there for a little yeah, while. Yeah, it'll make probably a buck. Close to it, it'll yeah. make a buck or two. <laughs> well, look, look, of course, the big question is: Is it going to be bigger than Star Wars: The Force Awakens? Like, are we no. going to now? I don't think so. I, what do you think? Going to see that again for a long time? Yeah. Do you mean overall, or just like an opening weekend kind of thing? Or but I just say I'll go with opening weekend. Just the opening weekend numbers alone. You know that that's you're probably not going to see anything like what Star Wars did for a long, long, long time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect they got to a billion worldwide, and I don't even I don't I had the numbers before, but it was very short time that they got to a billion. It's the quote, fastest movie ever. Yes, to get there. Yeah, and I, I knew I, I knew that um, you know with Star Wars, I felt like you know this thing is going to blow Avatar out. It's going to be the number one movie of all time, and it's not going to get there. No, I mean Avatar is going to hold strong. It's it, amazing what Avatar was able to do with the box office. Yeah, but yeah. I mean they're the second highest grossing movie of all time, so it's not not like they're hurting. And I'm sure when when it comes out in Blu-ray and DVD, they'll adjust for numbers and they'll it'll wind up making more than Avatar probably ever did. Because I figure everyone's well, going to. Well, I just meant like the box office gotcha. numbers specifically. You know, mm-hmm. they could re-release it. Now Avatar did that, and that's part of the. The strength of their box office success is the fact that they re-released the film in theaters and it had a huge following a second time. Right. Yeah. Star Wars could do that. I don't know if I expect it. And the reason I don't expect it is because they've got Rogue One coming out this year and they probably don't want to shoot themselves in the foot. So I really don't expect them to re-release that film. Well, Rogue One's... That would would very much surprise me if they did Rogue One's coming out uh, December of this year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so be, yeah. you can probably squeeze in. If it's coming in December, you can do like a limited run, like Thanksgiving weekend. Um, like, uh, well, I remember back in the day when Episode One came out, it was like May release, mm-hmm. and then in December they released it for a week for a charity event. Uh, they, you know, if you, if you saw it that week, all the proceeds went to a charity. I can't remember what the charity was, but I saw it like two or three times that week for the charity. You know, just to see the movie because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So even bad Star Wars movies is still a Star Wars movie to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and saw it a few times. But I mean, that's I think that they could do something like that if they do another like you know another 
uh, charity mm-hmm. thing, but not a Disney now owns it, so it might be tougher for that. Yeah, well, Disney will probably, like I said, Disney will find a way to make more money out of it. Come before it, like they'll have probably have like a in theaters this week to add to promote the the Blu-ray coming out, and then just before Rogue One comes out, they'll be like, "Hey, remember, remember the the movie that launched the phenomenon? Here's Episode Eight, you know." And that, I, we'll say it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year for movies. But no, it is. No, it's definitely going to be. Um, uh, there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. Okay, what are you? What are you looking forward to this summer? Well, this year. My personally, the one I'm looking forward to the most now, after this last trailer, is the Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> see, and I was liking it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think after that last trailer, they have Bohemian Rhapsody playing in the background, and I just, I, I couldn't be more excited. So honestly, if you had asked me about a month ago, my biggest, the one I was looking forward to the most was Deadpool. And we talked about that on the right. show a few weeks ago. Like, what's the movie you're looking, I think it was on our Star Wars episode in December, we were talking about that. And, you know, Deadpool was the most. And um, other than that, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to Rogue One in a big way. Um, but another one I'm looking forward to very soon is uh, Batman v Superman comes out at the end of Ma- uh, end of Mar- of this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the weekend before that, there's a movie coming out called uh, Midnight Special. Okay. And um, it's uh, Jeff Nichols. He's one of my favorite directors. He's only directed a few movies now, but uh, him and Michael Shannon is his lead. Okay. And nice. Him and Michael Shannon together are amazing. Everything that they've done has been great. They've made Shotgun Stories. They've made uh, Take Shelter. And then, um, you know, Jeff Nichols did Mud a few years ago with Matthew McConaughey. Right. And uh, Shannon has basically a cameo. It's a little, you know, more than a cameo. But everything they do is great. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, how he tackles kind of a sci-fi kind of thing. All right. All right. Um, Now, okay, did you see, I I know you called in earlier. I asked if uh, you saw the Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters trailer. So sure, absolutely. Yeah, I've watched it a few times now. Okay, a few times because you had to or because you wanted to? Uh, well, I watched it. I've, I, I kind of like to show trailers to people, so <laughs> I've watched the show. I showed it to my wife yesterday, and uh, I do like it. No, I think it looks fun. So, I, you know, I would, I'll probably watch it a few more times. I mean, I, like, I got to be honest, I didn't laugh once. <laughs> like, <laughs> you I didn't even make it through the first one. I mean, like, I... I it's not because I have such fond memories of the originals. Um, it's mm-hmm. just because I sat there. Like I know, like I'm all about like you know what? Give everybody a shot in the movies. I don't care about race, mm-hmm. color, sex doesn't matter. Um, but mm-hmm. I just felt like the movie had nothing for me going. I was like, okay, that's kind of. I, I guess I, I don't even think I cracked a smile. In fact, I, I felt like. Everyone's kind of makes um was making a big deal. It's like feminism now. Like, all right, let's, the girls can do just as much as the guys can do, uh, in which I fully wholeheartedly agree. But then they throw in, and I don't know if you guys have heard this term, and I, you know, and it's probably gonna cringe when I say it, but the the magical Negro part, <laughs> where oh. it, where yeah. the, the the trope of it's like it, the people who are all like, yeah, feminism, this is great. But then all of a sudden, when they introduce um, the girl from Saturday Night Live, yeah. she becomes yes, okay. They she they make her the the stereotypical overweight black woman who happens to know more about New York than everybody else, and she's the one who comes mm-hmm. with the car. And then it's like when the, in the scene where um, she's possessed and she slaps the demon out of her, going. <laughs> Oh my God! Could you get more stereotypical than that? I laughed. <laughs> I laughed at that part. The, part the power of pain compels yes, you. Slap! Right, but I, I was like, it, it made me kind of go. <laughs> but I also felt there going like somebody out there in the world that we live in now. There's got to be somebody out there who's torn because it's like, yeah, women, woohoo! And then, oh, by the way, here's this old gag. Right, I, I mean, I, I think I think this movie is going to set women like two decades back. You like, do? Oh yeah, because I mean, you you watch this and you're like, it's a comedy. You've got some A listers, you know, in yeah. the, in this in this movie, and you're going, okay, you know, it's going to be funny, you know. And I'm like, and you know what? I, I think it's just going to miss the mark. I think it's going to be they're going to push it too far, and it's just not going to be funny. And then they're going to just like it's just going to go downhill like in a flame. I mean, like real fast. The, the, 
the director Paul possibly, but when you look at that, um, what do you what are you looking at when you see them? You, first of all, the trailer is a little bit misleading. Yeah, because I feel that they mention you know they mentioned thirty years ago you had the original Ghostbusters. They talk about that. Yeah, but then there's nothing in the trailer that gives any indication that the the universes are related. Like right. It, it's more like they're inventing this technology. Ghosts have not existed this whole time. You know, it's it's kind of like the first one was when it first came out. But when you go back and you look at the first one, you know, you've got Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and uh, and whoever, but Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. it's the same exact thing. He was yeah. a black guy that wasn't a scientist, a big black guy that wasn't a scientist, and now you're, you have, I mean, it's precisely the same thing that you had before. They're just women. That's the only difference. Yeah, and they even had this. Yeah, but they've already, you know, you're right, though, Sean, is that they are, uh, there's a a huge uproar. Uh, It's about racism. Like, why did you make the black girl not a scientist? Yeah. It's the same thing. (laughs) I I also felt like, okay, they had look like the exact same library scene. You saw Slimer, Mm -hmm. and you're going, okay, Mm -hmm. was Slimer just hanging? Like, is this a sequel? Is it a reboot? They don't really, you never really know. And I think like a lot of people are just kind of going, I don't know how I quite feel about it because at first we're like, all right, it's going to be a movie starring all women and it's Ghostbusters. This is awesome. And then they show the trailer and everyone's like, wait, what? Like, what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you guys, there's got to be a bunch of people feeling real shifted in their seat right now, going, I was all for this movie and now I saw the trailer and now I either got to put up and be like, yay, Ghostbusters or quietly sink back into the. The folds of just like I don't even know if I'm gonna go see it. Yeah, would you see it, Carl? Um, I think that it's going to depend on how early I can make it. I'd love to be able to have a you know a first impression of it, mm-hmm. but once I start to see the reviews trickle in and and start to talk to people about it, that will probably dissuade me from seeing it because I think you're right. I think that it won't. It's not gonna live. Certainly not gonna live up to its predecessor, and just. Right now, there's a, and there's a mystery there because you don't know if they're going to include this universe. You don't know how they're going to handle the previous movies outside of saying that they exist in that trailer. Right. But um, once I, once that mystery starts to unravel and you, and you start to hear about how they handled it, that probably would dissuade me from seeing it. But I will try to get in there early just to be able to have my own impression of it before I even hear anything. I, I got one last question before we go and break. Sure. It's um it goes back to Batman v Superman. Were you are you pro Ben Affleck or anti Affleck? I'm pro. I'm re- I'm in. All right. <laughs> All right. You you have you've re-entered my cool book. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, I like Ben. I, I think he's a I think he's a fine actor. I I don't appreciate the uh, a lot of people made the connection initially when the the announcement was made. It was a huge deal when the announcement was made. I mean. It, the film club page itself was just it was amazing post after post about it. But the, the obvious correlation there and the thing that people said to try to make people feel better about it, because there was a lot of complaints. People were scared when they first heard this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said, you know, this is how people felt about Heath Ledger when he was announced as a yeah. Joker. And yeah. they're right about that. When, they, yeah. when Heath Ledger was, Ledger was announced, nobody, nobody was on board. Everybody thought it was stupid. Nobody thought it would work. And he he only gave us probably the greatest villain of all time. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously an opinion, but you know it's 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 a strong it's something I feel strongly about that he was unbelievable in that. Ben Affleck is good at times at what he does. He can nail a role, but he's not a character guy the way that Heath Ledger is. Heath Ledger had a lot of range. Yeah, and he didn't get to see it. Yeah, he passed away early, but I don't think Ben Affleck has a lot of range. But what he does have. What he what he is good at being Bruce Wayne. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's kind of that. if you. So I think it's going to work really well for him. Yeah, I always felt like the key to anybody can play Batman. It's a cow punch people in the face. It's the be able can right. you pull off Bruce Wayne? And I think mm-hmm. Affleck's got the chops. I mean, we already know that he's you know as I think the was like the last year or two years ago for Argo, he got snubbed at the Oscars for not even being nominated. Like that, Argo, mm-hmm. I loved Argo. I thought it was great. And I'm like, it was great. It you was know, great. 
give him like give him more like I think he's a, I think he could be a fine director. I think people still want to slam him for Daredevil or Geely and all these other you know <laughs> but I think <laughs> once you know once let's, let's hope he's a better billionaire CEO than he was a blind lawyer <laughs> from Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I'm sure. Well they say I haven't seen the director's cut of it, but they say the director's cut of Daredevil is a, a different movie. It, it, it they is say it's actually really good. It is. I, um, I don't blame him at all. I think the studios. I think the studio massacred that movie before it was released. Well, yeah, I, I mean, kind I of. Feel, I, and I also feel that same way about like it's hard. I always say on the show, blaming an actor for a bad movie is kind of like blaming Ron McDonald. You get a bad hamburger. Neither of them run. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them really run the company. You know, so mm-hmm. I, like like with all the crap that Ryan Reynolds got for Green Lantern, I was like, well, look, he's just an actor hired to do a role. It's the writer, it's the directors. He's only giving them what he, they're asking of him. So, like, right. I felt the same way and about... you can fail, but you're right. You're absolutely right. He, yeah. And he doesn't fail. You know, I agree with you. And that's why I kind of feel like with, with Affleck, with Daredevil, is like, he at the time, he gave them what they wanted. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've danced around this conversation multiple times. The only reason yeah. why is because, for me, the reason why I always make fun of, of Daredevil is the fact is, I always remember his fighting sequences where you can tell he's totally his when when uh, Jennifer Gardner is doing the fighting he's, since she was in um, the Alias. Sh- Alias that show Alias she can she can choreograph the, the fight really well but since he hasn't really been in too many action movies where he had to do hand to hand combat you can tell like there's certain times his hand like when he's doing a punch is already up there like probably. 0.2 seconds faster. <laughs> I'm watching it. And I'm like, it. It just looks bad. You could tell that he was, you know, he, he learned the moves, but it's like he didn't learn how to act the moves. Is what, is what I'm like, you know. Yeah, at. but I when you see that when you saw that trailer with him as Batman going in that room and kicking ass and taking names, you just went, I'm in. Like I, <laughs> like I don't care. Like you could just reloop the. It could be two and a half hours of him just punching people in the face, and I'd be like, that's just awesome. <laughs> I think the trailer, um, from what I saw, uh, a lot of people were very nervous about it when he was announced, but, and, and they continued to be until that first trailer. And I think you got a large portion of those people that were concerned. I think you got a lot of them back on board yeah. with the first trailer. Yeah. And with, the, with all the succeeding, tra- you know, all the trailers to follow, you know, they make, they're making people feel less and less you know, worried about it because he does seem like he's going to hit that role of Bruce Wayne pretty hard and under the cow, like you said, is, is, is a different thing and it's a little easier, but, um, but he definitely looks like he's capturing that, that, that what we expect to see in Batman, you know, this aged seasoned Batman. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's great. And, and, you know, they say, I don't know if it's actually been announced. I don't believe that it has, but he's obviously Zack Snyder's directing, has directed the BVS, but, he the next Batman solo film is coming. I mean, very soon. I believe next year, maybe the year after, maybe eighteen. But he's supposed to direct it, and I, I think he does a great job as a director, especially directing himself, like he said. In the yeah. Fargo. Yeah. And I, and I expect really great things from that one. I can't wait. I don't know if we'll get like a Killing Joke storyline or you know one of the other great you know Batman you know seasoned Batman like the Dark Knight Returns series the animated right. series that they did yeah that's... great animated series really great mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that we get to see something like that eventually all right. all right well um i would like to say thank you very much for joining us yes don't forget yeah, to man, go to the film club that's great then don't forget to go to the film club uh, uh facebook page give them a like follow them go to their uh the movie club the the film club movie show on YouTube and uh, subscribe and uh, thanks for having thanks for coming on this show. Yes, sir, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. Y'all have a good night. You, you too. too. Batman vs Superman. Yep. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye. All right. All right. There you have it. Well, thank you once again for joining us. Um, say we take a break. We get you know little. Uh, I get a couple cigarettes in me. And we get ready for a Blu-ray and DVD release. Sounds awesome. All right, kids. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsors. And by sponsors, I mean Queensryche, spreading the disease. And there you have it, folks. Yeah. Shocker. Deadpool was number one. What's the world coming to? I was, I was, I was a little surprised that it was still not number one or at least number two, at, you know. At this point, you know. I, well, like I said, I, I when I went to the movie theater, having 
London has fallen, being almost sold out. I'm just like, wow, that's weird. Because I was walking, I'm going, I wonder where it's fallen in the top five. Because I, I'm, I was shocked. I was yeah. like, you know, it was, I was like, wow, all right. Um, it was, it was inevitable though. Yes. I mean, if you let's look at it this way, all I had to do was really ride out what two more weeks before Batman v Superman yeah. got knocked off anyway. Right, right, yeah. Um, I still think you know. I mean, I think Batman v Superman will do well. I'm mean, obviously it'll make a hundred million dollars, but uh, do you think it will do Deadpool money? <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it? I, I think it will. I think everyone's excited for it. I think it'll probably beat Deadpool in the box office, but I think um, it won't be looked at as anything big because it's a PG superhero movie, right. PG thirteen superhero movie. And they always do well. They always break $100 million in the box office. Deadpool was special. Right. Deadpool was different. Deadpool was um, <clears throat> well, I think, a breakthrough. I think Deadpool had a lot of going against it. Thinking, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, that the, obviously the uh, the, uh, the production company had no no uh, uh, faith behind it. So it was kind of hard for, you know, for, it's, for it to be a success. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was this huge critical success. And you're like... Yeah, like you can't really tell what the audience wants or, or doesn't want, you know. Like, well, I think again, I think it comes down to the the studios thinking they know more than their audience. Yeah, like they 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 think that we, the viewing audience, are morons. For the most part, we are. I mean, let's face it. For the most part, yeah. Um, I think we're getting smarter. Um, I think like with movies like the Fantastic Four, bombing, gods and monsters, gods and monsters, gods and kings, you know. e- Egypt, gods of. Egypt kings, ah, whatever. The, <laughs> it's, it's Egypt gods and monsters. I think it's called. I think it's gods and kings. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't it does not, not matter, matter at this point because it bombed in the box office. I think people look at now can see those movies, and I think it's sending like a message to to studios going, eh, maybe we should either cut budgets for some of these movies, mm-hmm. and because let's face it, now everyone's going to go look what Deadpool did with under seventy million dollars. Yeah. Here we are that this movie had $150 million and it didn't even break $50 million in the weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what went wrong? Oh, you know, what it was the... Everyone will get finger-pointed and that. And just basically the studio... The, of the viewing audience was just smarter going, hey, we don't want to watch that. It's, there's no point. Like, right. You know, so I think you're going to find maybe some studios might learn some lessons, but I also think they're, as always, they're going to learn the wrong lessons. Because mm-hmm. then it'll be... Hey, you're going to make this movie, and we're going to give you a budget of seventy million dollars. Now go work the magic, and then, you know, okay, well, if you're going to want that, then let, then let us make it R. No, no, we want as many seats as is in that seat. Right. You know, you know, or like how like Batman v Superman had to come out and say, well, there's an R-rated version of our movie. It's going to be out on Blu-ray. Yeah. And, you're like, well, then why should I? Why should I go to the theater and see it? And, that, and that's, I think that hurt them. I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. That's why I don't, I don't think it's going to beat Deadpool money. Like I think it's going to be, but I, I mean, it's going to be successful in the theater. Like I think it's going to make its money. Well, I, I guess, I guess, I think I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say is when the opening weekend's done, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman might not make its money back that opening weekend. Yeah, like Deadpool. Under seventy million dollars makes one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty million dollars yeah. that weekend. Made made its money back right. and more. Right. Batman v Superman being let's say a two hundred million dollar movie mm-hmm. needs to beat two hundred million dollars for just to break even. Good, right. Yeah. So if if it doesn't do that, then the movie's not considered a flop. But then it didn't beat. It's like yeah, okay, it made two hundred million dollar movie. It made two hundred million dollars, but but it took you know a lot longer than yeah. it did. The Deadpool did. You know, yeah, it's, it's like. Well, you know, we got our we got number one in the box office. That's granted, we we knew that was going to happen, but uh, the money that we made hasn't offset the cost of the movie. Yeah. Where Deadpool can still sit back and go, yeah, seventy it was fifty eight million, sixty eight million. I think the the budget fifty eight fifty eight million. Yeah, yeah, we made that three times over. I would say our movie's more successful than Batman v Superman at this moment. Right. You know, like maybe in the long run, Batman v Superman will make more money in longevity right because it'll probably ride the number one box office till at least May first week in May when Civil War comes out no I don't think I don't think it's going to be that long I think it's going to be sometime in April before Civil War comes out I really do yeah but Civil War comes out the first weekend in May 
So all it has to do is just survive. It's it, you it's know. a four week run basically because yeah. you're talking the end of end of March and then yeah right. you know I could see it, I could see him being number one for two three weeks easy yeah okay you know and then maybe the last you could be number two depend it really depends what it goes against and like yeah. how like and also how critically received it is, is exactly what people have to say about Batman you know like does it yeah. I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll be and there. And we'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to catch the show live, you can on Sunday nights from 6 to six to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and our Heart Radio. Just search Aquanet Radio on those apps. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at, at Geeksters. And if you want to contact Ed on anything you've seen or heard on the show, you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. And we'll see you in part two, folks. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away.